are you worried about climate change do you wonder how the next generation will survive global warming do you think now is the time for action but just don't know where to start do you think the contributions that you're making are just not enough why not make it your career and spend your life's work creating impact i'm zoe and i'm radhishree and both of us are sustainability professionals we are excited to be co-hosting the green guru podcast a podcast all about mentorship for green careers hi everyone today we have with us mr krunal nikandi who has an unmatched experience of around two decades as a sustainability leader in india as a sustainability head of the lavasa city he became one of the first corporate executives in india spearheading the sustainability agenda today he runs his own company with a vision of net negative emissions he is the co-founder of jans a bamboo product company and the founder of jurian sustainability consulting At the beautiful hill city of Lavasa he played an instrumental role in designing and executing the environmental strategy he describes it as the world's first region to draw inspiration from the concepts of biomimicry in design and architecture with many unique features like net zero water management city wide vermicomposting and the use of soil biotechnology he then went on to start two of his own ventures which he is very passionate about in the bamboo construction and bamboo products business he believes that bamboo has the potential to change the world we are going to talk to him about his long standing experience in the sustainability space in india how has it changed over the years and where he thinks the future lies welcome krunal to this podcast rajeshree and me both have very beautiful memories of the lavasa city as we are both from pune We've had some lovely times there, and we're so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. It's my absolute pleasure to uh, talk to you, Jui and Rajeshree, both two passionate people who are trying to make a difference by inspiring more and more people to join the bandwagon of sustainability. You know, the young minds, uh, the impressionable minds, and and the people who have the energy to make a difference. So it's my pleasure and honor to be. with you both on this podcast thank Great. you so much uh, thank you thank you krunal for joining we are really honored to have you on the podcast today um you were one of the first sustainability corporate leaders in india as we mentioned in the introduction we really want to know how did you perceive the change that has happened in the sustainability landscape over the years how has how was it back then and how has it uh, been in the last 20 years i got connected to sustainability 18 years back it happened through a program a small game that we had played at lavasa called the web of life and in that game you know what opened up for me was the distinction that all living beings and non living beings are interconnected to each other and that none is more important than the other you know and that game opened up uh, uh, the importance of understanding of you know sensitive and holistic development and the way of looking at life you know that's what happened so but when i moved out from my corporate responsibility you know as, as an executive assistant to the president and moved on to taking on the role of formation of this entire department of sustainability not many people appreciated you know because they felt that it's a you are coming out from mainstream 
and trying to do a gas push ka kaam that's how it is to be looked at deep inside for me what mattered was that i'm earning while giving back to mother earth and that uh, was more important to me than any other kind of uh, terminology that was kindly bestowed upon me by many of my colleagues and friends but the joy of being able to give back through my work where i spent maximum hours of my life waking day you know at the day that i spent uh, and to be able to make a difference and earn in the process was in the form of a blessing and uh, it it drived me it gave me a lot of energy i met some wonderful people from there to now you know uh, that time sustainability at the most moved on to what is called as reporting so people used to do their sustainability reports there was one smart person that was assigned this job of trying to meet all people and dig out what can the organization say that they are doing in the area of sustainability you know and make it glossy from that to today where any organization worth its salt if they don't have a sustainability strategy they are not in business so i think last 15 years have caused a sea change in the in the need because the challenge has been more evident the the challenge of climate change has become has reached the doors of a common person today and the whole world has woken up to this challenge and there's no looking back you know that's the only way possible for humans to survive so with that distinction and that realization sustainability uh, has reached its rightful place to to be one of the mainstream agendas of any organization i think it just feels great to be in this space and to be one of the people who, who could visualize this you know 18 years back it's it's really fascinating to see that you had that vision uh, such a long time ago and we can only imagine how challenging and also exciting it must have been back then when you started your career so uh, thanks for sharing that story we didn't have examples to look up on say look this is how it has happened and we have to emulate it so we had the opportunity and the challenge to set our own path you know tread our own path and that made the journey also exciting but with more responsibility because we had to get it right the first time although there was a lot of passion but as one of my earlier uh, you know boss and my ex president of lava sams narayan is to tell me you know passion with a wheel of reality is what will make things happen and make things sustainable so my job was to filter the passion and put the wheel of reality and make it happen you know make a business case for sustainability and that is what you know i think we could do successfully uh, and uh, that's what created the impact so so whatever i have learned you know in my corporate life all was put to use but for a good cause but for yeah. uh, forwarding the planet you know so that's been a very satisfying uh, you know role to play yeah that brings to my next question that i'm a civil engineer like yourself and it was a dream to work for a company like afcons so i really want to know uh, how did you make that switch what was going on in your head and how did you start decide to be uh, into sustainability after having a successful career as a civil engineer afcons made my bones you know because uh, it was a company where people were highly technical technically sound and the work that they and i was fortunate to be a part of the project which was one of its kind in the world we were doing a tunnel below the ocean 
working with uh, German companies like Stackroff and Widman and consultants like Binney and Partner UK along with Tata Consulting Engineers. So it was a global exposure right at the time when you are making a career, you know. So the process and systems and the accountability, uh, all that was uh, ingrained in the way that I, you know, used to think of getting around doing a job. I had fortunately some very good uh, bosses, you know, like one of the person I remember is my project manager, Mr. Kamath, S.V. Kamath. So as a trainee, you know, when you are a trainee, you're not even confirmed in a company. If the project manager walks up to you and say, hey, Krunal, what do you think we should do to expedite this work? Or how do you think, you know? And you give me a suggestion. And the next day you find that suggestion being implemented, you know? You can't get a better kick in life, you know? And then you feel all the more responsible, you know? The work is fun. You don't mind even spending 16, 18 hours in the job, you know? I, there have been many cases when I have slept in the conference room just because it didn't make sense to, you know, uh, travel two hours to and fro and just freshen up in two hours and, and come back to duty, you know. For me, work has always been a pleasure. Uh, I love my work, you know, and whatever is has been bestowed on me, I have tried to give my 100% because that is extremely important to me. I value my time a lot. That exposure at FCONS, right, from site to contracts to techno-commercial to being an ISO 9001 assessor, uh, shaped my thinking, you know, shaped my perspective. And I actually moved on to be a move to be a functional consultant for a ERP firm. So uh, that is, that was the intermediate journey I took. And then six months after being a, a functional consultant, I moved on to Lavasa. Why I took Lavasa? Because as a civil engineer, you know, it's your dream to be able to build multiple things. And you more often than not get slotted, you know. So if you are a person experienced in marine, then you will further your career in marine or if you are a building construction man, you will be doing your building construction. You know, if you are a road guy, then you'll be doing roads or bridges. But Lavasa provided an opportunity other than airport to be able to build everything. And that, that was for me a once in a lifetime opportunity to get an, uh, to, be, to look at the challenge and the crossword puzzle, to be able to do all of that in a business case scenario. And that's why I moved on and very passionate about the work I did. I moved on as an executive assistant to the president. And then in that course of work, because Lavasa was uh, on one of the biodiversity hotspots, one of the 20 biodiversity hotspots in the world, there was a furthermore uh, responsibility and challenge to get it right, you know, to get the ecosystems right in otherwise it degraded and denuded place, you know, which is what Lavasa had inherited when it started way back in 2002. So that journey of eco-restoration, you know, in a way that is natural, that is emulating nature, and you see it in your in front of your eyes, that if you are able to create conditions conducive to life, then nature takes over completely, you know, it goes far beyond your expectations. And to be able to see it, you know, in my own lifetime, in the the time that I spent at Lavasa has been an extremely fulfilling and satisfying journey for me and my team, you know. So we had the lowest iteration rates in our team, you know. So, wow. <laughs> of course, everything was great, you know. I mean, uh, no complaints, but the, the connection, you know, the passion to be able to create something like this when none has been created itself was very exciting. 
Uh, that's that's really lovely to know your journey starting from civil engineering and uh, actually knowing that you can use the expertise that you have and move on to doing something in sustainability and creating such a large impact. And that is also what we would like to emphasize uh, to all of our listeners uh, who want to get into sustainability is that no matter from which specialization you come, there's always something and something big that you can contribute to sustainability through the expertise that you build uh, in your bachelor's or technical specialization that you do. Um, so thank you, Krinal, for uh, telling that so beautifully. Um, and just moving on from that, uh, my next question is also from something that you said, uh, that sustainability only makes sense when there is a clear business value that can emerge from it. And uh, you are one of the biggest champions of that as well. So. I also want to know that while building a city where you incorporated biomimicry in the architecture and design and achieved some in unimaginable sustainability indexes, you know, there, I'm sure this journey was a beautiful one. Like you said, you enjoyed your time over there, uh, but there must have been some you know, great challenges as well to achieve that. Can you tell uh, what were some of the biggest challenges as well that you faced? biggest challenge was I was an outsider. <laughs> For a person who has done hardcore training, education in environment, biodiversity, I'm a civil engineer or a management guy. For a management person, I become a gas pushka engineer, you know. It was the challenge was to be able to prove myself and prove that the work that I'm doing is impactful, meaningful and sustainable and is a business case. So I started small, you know, I mean, any new thing that you do, you first start small, you learn, you make mistakes, you'll get a chance to correct them quickly and then expand, you know, that's a, that's a way I think any new thing should be attempted. And that's how I went about doing it. To give you an interesting anecdote, because uh, biomimicry was ingrained in the entire uh, unbuilt environment in Lavasa in terms of ecosystem services that we had to put in. I had flown down to Montana to meet up the team behind the biomimicry, which is biomimicry guild which is based in USA. And they are people who are like the most uh, acclaimed, awarded people. Like Janine, the founder of Biomimicry Guild is the recipient of Friends of Planet Award after Algo. So you can imagine the profile of people. And here I am sitting in a charrette and they are talking hardcore ecosystem services. And I am telling them this is all fine, but we got to be measurable. It got to be a measurable milestone. You got to document it in a, in a fashion that is implementable. So hardcore things like that. And there are fights when one of the colleagues threw the papers and said, I never met a man as difficult as you. Yet. And I just don't want to work for you anymore. You take, you take back the fees. I don't want to work. I said, where do you have a choice? We have to make this happen. We have to get it right. This has never been attempted by anyone in the world before. And we are going to make it happen. So, you know, even you like it, you don't like it. I like it. I don't like it. The thing that I'm saying, whether that makes sense or not, that is important. And if it is making sense, then we better sit around the table and make it right. So, you know, those kind of fights are sweet memories as I look back. But uh, there are times when, you know, rubbing a lot of people in the wrong way. Star Wars in, in <laughs> the so-called, uh, you know, industry and, and, you know, getting it right. So... It, yeah. It's fun. It has been interesting. Yeah. 
and it's it's very fascinating to see how you have had that conviction that however hard it is we are going to make it happen and this is where the future lies this is what is sustainable this is what we need to do for a better future and we will make it happen it's really interesting to see you had that conviction uh, a decade ago so i i, I don't claim credit amazing. for that conviction because thoughts and conviction are sent by god this is what what i believe some people recognize it and put their ahuti you know their swaha to make it happen some people don't you know that's the only difference so the only thing that i would pat myself on the back saying that yes i picked up that choice to put my time and energy to make it happen but conviction gut thoughts these have been sent by the almighty god and uh, i'm blessed to be able to be in those kind of vibrations and those kind of people around me i learned a lot from my colleagues you know like for instance mr mahindra gamre you know one of the gentlemen who was my colleague he was a hardcore activist minded you know environmentalist you know and to bring him to a business case scenario you know where it has to make sense where it has to be within a budget where you have to get a result where you can't keep on changing things a number of times and fighting and making it together you know making it happen together has nice. been a very fulfilling experience for both of us for that matter yeah i think um, sustainability is also all about balancing passion for building an impact versus what can be achieved on ground so i mean the business case of it cannot be stressed enough and uh, to have that kind of vision that long back that you need to balance both to make it a reality i think was a really big thing today we still know that now because of years of experience in sustainability but at that time i think it was a lot more about activism rather than implementing some thing on the ground so really kudos to you to make that happen as well fundamentally i believe it is not us versus them we all are creations of the almighty mm-hmm. even they are creations of the almighty it's oh. just that we have been fortunate enough to be exposed to certain things in life which has helped shape our perspective and i'm sure that if the so called others are also exposed to things in that same perspective as humans they would also form the same perspective so i think there's no shortcut to it it's it's about like you rightly said walking that thin line and and creating that balance first in your mind and a connection between mind and heart and having the heart and the mind both in the right place you know which is a basic premise or foundation on which the building of sustainability can happen you know so i right. think that's what it is all about yeah so uh, my next question following up on this is after such a successful career in building sustainable infrastructure now you have switched to becoming an entrepreneur so how did you decide to leave salaried corporate job and take on such a responsibility of running your own company i'm sure it must have been a very difficult choice <laughs> and i we have talked before and i know that you also think that that decision also came to you uh, from divine powers but i'm sure in reality it's much difficult to execute it so we want to know about that decision that you made sure so i've been a salaried person and i've spent like almost like 20 years in corporate world i come from a middle class family i've been a full earning member of a family of eight so and living in bombay so it it was definitely not a easy decision you know way back in 2004 i got connected to bihar school of yoga and it is this institution of yoga which is i believe one of the finest institutions in the world and the and the depth 
at which the indian culture indian thinking the yogic way of looking at life is ingrained is far beyond any other experience that i have had in life i've been very fortunate to be able to 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 get connected to it, it just happened by chance and in the course of satsang and other things that happen at the ashram i had always had this habit of noting down the thoughts and there are the whole world is different the the thinking is different in the space that space creates a lot of different way of looking at things and and doing work in bamboo was one of the thought that had came because you know sustainability environment is a very multidisciplinary thing so like a movie which has so many characters you have to have one hero which which shares the largest screen space and which creates the maximum emotions among the viewer so if you compare that with sustainability you know i looked at as one thing that one can do which can create maximum environmental impact as well as maximum social impact and can be a business case and that i found in bamboo being an icon of sustainability among all the floral species in the world to being one of the largest sequesters of carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and when you treat it that same carbon dioxide is locked in its body for say 100 200 years so it's a, like a god given gift sponge which can reduce the co2 from the atmosphere and has probably more than 150 uses right from a tea coaster to the wings of wind farm or turbine of a wind farm that kind of allied uses it is as strong as steel when you take mass by weight ratio it's extremely wonderful building material to one can do clothing and number bamboo charcoal can be used for making energy etc etc so that i felt you know let me because if you have to create impact you have to go into the depth of some you can't get water when you dig 10 wells you have to dig one one well so deep that you get water that's why i started you know uh, my journey as an entrepreneur of course i did take blessings from my guruji swami nirenjanan ji you know and i shared to him because although i was confident supremely confident about my ability to make it happen i believed it's the right thing to do but there is a fifth element you know which is beyond humans and i thought it would be great to take feedback you know or tell guruji to to give to bless us and and i still remember his words he said you do it you will get success and you do two or three things in the world that changes the course of history in the world and these that's a mandate kind of mandate given to me by my guru and i feel i'm just trying to do my bit to fulfill that mandate you know so, so there's no doubt of it not happening stops obstructions are just an opportunity to find a different way of getting it done or an opportunity to look back at the product and say am i getting my product right or to look back at my service and say whether my service is value for money to the customer so it's it's other an introspection or a different way of getting it done so that's what it is all about you know there's no challenge in that form of abhikya you know so with that perspective entrepreneurship you know i have had thousand times i have really wondered why did i pick up being an entrepreneur you know it's it's not an easy <laughs> journey from a peon to a managing director that's what you are and uh, but i if i wouldn't trade it for anything else it's an opportunity to reach the sky to make things happen that have not happened before and to be able to create you know where you are accountable for everything anything and everything even in my work i was an intrapreneur you know i never worked like for salary you know that never been me so i always that ownership of the task and working for the organization has been supreme for me so that i never had a issue being with ownership but to be responsible right from finance to everything and we are a bootstrap company we chose to be a bootstrap company because we wanted to get it right and and get value creation you know create a value and then go back and then build up and scale it up so that these fundamental principles 
are the foundation to my enterprise. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us and uh, just sharing your pure passion towards uh, building something that you enjoy. I would just like to tell the audience that you should really go and see pictures of the work done by Krunal. They are amazing. Um, he's especially uh, built a resort um, in Maldives, uh, which is one of the most beautiful buildings that you will see. So please do go check it out. It's there on his LinkedIn page as well. And if some other works that you would like to tell the audience as well for them to know what what beautiful work you've been doing even after building the beautiful city of Lavasa. So really amazing. Krunal, we were discussing before the recording as well that you're very, very passionate about mentoring young people. We at the Green Guru believe that having a mentor or just someone who can guide at the right time in your career is extremely important. And you've had your own guru to do that for you. And you believe that it's very, very important. Can you also tell us how important is mentorship in shaping a successful career, especially for people who are, you know, at a very young stage right now, who are at the start of their career with a passion for sustainability? Do you have any advice to give them with the range of careers available today as well? There's no right thing to do. You pick up a thing and get it right. So forget saying, you know, the right opportunity, right door, those things don't exist. Whatever you have picked up, you get it right. Whatever you have picked up, you choose it and give you 100%. That's that's one fundamental thing I would like to say. There's no greater thing in my opinion than getting your purpose in life. Because one day we are all going to be not part of this planet and probably be part of something else. But as long as we are here, if our energy is directed to a certain purpose, which gives meaning to our lives, then I don't think there's anything more to it. So try and get your purpose in life quick, as quick as possible. It took me 10 years to reach my purpose and I did a lot of things to be able to reach my purpose. And for some people, it might be at the beginning, they know exactly what they want. And for some people, it might be at year 30. It doesn't matter. You don't know whether you're going to live tomorrow or not in any case. That's not in your hand. But as long as you're living, if you're able to give your 100, 200, 400, thousand percent and look back and say, when I work 16 hours a day and I go back home, I'm so excited to share what I did with my children. And my children tell me, dad, I'm not tired. 16 hours, God, give us a break. You're still sharing. I said, but I'm so, I'm so happy about what happened. You know, today. So with that energy, if you can retire, you know, in your day and sleep and wake up morning next day and say one more day, you know, to make it happen, then I think whether you succeed, how much you succeed are all subjective things. It doesn't matter. Uh, you'll get it right. And uh, if you are able to get a mentor and you need blessings to get a mentor, grab, don't leave, catch <laughs> that person, he or she, and, and just soak in to whatever you can soak in and, and get your purpose in life. And there's no shortcut. Uh, you know, I don't think when you are doing a work with a passion, you do feel it's hard work, but there's no shortcut to it. And the best things happen when you take the long road to success. That's what I believe. And that's what I would like. Advice is not a very right word. I still feel I'm very young but I, that's what I would like to share about my life my work that's so simply and beautifully put I think really uh, gives a lot of perspective to how you should approach life and thank you for that thank you for that very simplistic clarity uh, that you have in your thoughts it has come from a whole bank of experience that you've had over the years I really wish that even we could get that clarity soon and the yeah. true purpose in life <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's such a I really like that line that you have to take the long route 
to mm. get things right and to be successful we did take a long route so we and i do believe that we didn't have right mentorship that we needed at the time and that was the whole purpose of starting green guru thank you so much for emphasizing on the need of a mentor and also emphasizing that there are no shortcuts to hard work and that is what the idea of sustainability is also at the core that you do things right and you do yeah. things with a future in mind and things will be fine so thank you, you know, so much krunal there's one one small thing that uh, strikes me as you are sharing like a sugarcane juice machine when the sugarcane is put and then it converts into juice and then the sap comes out anything any task or any situation that comes to your life if you think there's a gap if you think there's something possible then don't wait for someone else to tell you to do it whether you are paid for it not paid for it why you should do it for that person for a good thing to happen you don't need to wait yeah. there is anyways lot of negativity in the world but if you can with your little thing if you can get something more beautiful than what you have got and with your mm-hmm. touch and your energy you can turn it to be something more beautiful by seeing a gap then just go and do it it doesn't matter life will come back to you many folds don't need to look at immediate returns this is not hunting this is farming yeah. you keep <laughs> on sowing your seeds and it will sprout when it has to sprout don't worry nice. about that lovely i'm going to remember i feel like line. i'm getting mentored <laughs> yeah i'm going to remember that line this is not hunting this is farming <laughs> so yeah. really amazing i would just like to tell the listeners that with all the conversations that i've had till now with krunal which have been a couple i've always learned something new he's an amazing mentor even when he's not mentoring uh, you learn something new so he has very graciously agreed to mentor to at least two people uh, whoever applies so please do apply i'm uh, you will not regret it and as he said once you have a mentor grab on to him and i'm hoping that uh, at least two people grab on to this opportunity and have the privilege to have you as a mentor krunal so with that thank you so much the pleasure was mine <laughs> okay <laughs> no it was no, thank you so much thank you for taking out the time thanks a lot thank Bye. you absolutely absolutely my pleasure